0: A little bit of rain, but it's pushing out, and Mother Nature's going to work with us a little bit here today. We're uh, giving a free giveaway here for the radio show. If you call in, you enter to win a $100 gift certificate from Estabrooks. So we're giving you a little incentive to get off the couch, grab that cup of coffee, call in. You can call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. But you can enter in, call in, ask a question, and we'll take your name, number, email, whatnot, some contact information, and you'll be entered to win. We're going to run that for four weeks, and then we're going to draw a winner live on the show, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, it's Saturday morning, another dreary day out there right now. Boy, the rain really came down last night. I woke up a couple times during the evening uh, nighttime sleep hours, supposedly, and boy, it was just coming down. Cats and dogs, don't think we're going to have to water a lot of plants today. It, you know, uh was coming into the radio station this morning, took the step onto the the stoop there, and the slugs and snails were amazing on the front step here at the radio station. So I think slugs and snails, we're going to talk a little bit about them, uh, what we should do to try to head them off before they do a bunch of damage but certainly there are a lot of problems with slugs and snails customers are coming into the garden center asking for products and whatnot and we'll talk a little bit more about that throughout the show um yeah it's it's nasty out there I'm i'm kind of getting depressed again but we're going to pull out of it here this afternoon. It's time to prune a little bit. we will going to give you a little bit of a pruning update here. If you saw um, our spot on Channel 6 last night on Friday nights with Cindy Williams, uh, we talked a little bit about pruning. We talked a little bit about deadheading your rhododendrons. Now, on the way in today, I saw that the rhododendrons are in their glory. They absolutely are fabulous. Those largely photodendrons, big purple, reds, you know, white flowers all over the place, really showing their glory right now. Unfortunately, we had all this heavy, heavy rain. And my concern is that some of these blossoms are going to be really beat up after we the sun comes out. And it's going to be time to start thinking about cleaning them. And in the spot, we showed you how to just roll off the blossom. It's a very simple thing to do. By doing that, you actually increase your opportunity to have more flowers next year. And you also are able to clean up a plant and make it look really clean. You take away all the dying blossoms, and take away any possible disease factor from those blossoms. Uh, so take a look at that. We'll be posting it on our Facebook page. Um, and if you want to, you can also go to WCSH6.com to take a look at that. Uh, small leaf rhododendrons that's a whole different story. They're past. The azaleas are also past. It's time to start thinking about shearing or pruning those uh, to promote branching and also re- you know, reduce their height. It's time to get those lilacs pruned. They're definitely past bloom now, except for maybe some of the late blooming, like the Preston hybrids, like James McFarland, Minuet. Uh, some of those are just starting to come on and look really nice. But all your common lilacs or your French hybrids get out there and prune. Uh, Selective pruning on your evergreens, your ewes, your boxwoods. We showed you how to do the ewes and boxwoods in the segment also on Channel 6. And that little video will tell you a lot. I also show you how to hold properly a pair of head shears. I'm not a big person that loves electric head shears or gas head shears. Um, To me, they don't give you the feel, but if you like to use them... I can show you in that video. I'll show you a little bit of the angle to use and, and whatnot. There's definitely no need to water out there, but I do want to talk a little bit about. We will probably need to put some extra fertilizer on after some of this rain. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit in the later in on the show about your containers and uh, some of your garden elements that you may want to start to fertilize as soon as we can water again. Uh, This rain really has drenched the soil and has washed a lot of nutrients out. We're also going to have Joy Arons in the second hour from Yarmouth Community Garden, and we're going to talk about uh, what's going on at the Yarmouth Community Garden, uh, possibly how you can start your own community garden in your community, Uh, We were a part of that way back when, when we started that garden, and we're also going to talk about Norman Steele. Uh, Norman was a wonderful man. He passed away, unfortunately, just shortly ago, and... uh was a huge part of the Plant a Row program and uh the Yarmouth Community Garden. So we're going to talk about Norm and what he's given back to the community and and kind of honor him a bit. And he he's a it's a huge loss in the Plant a Row program and uh you know helping feed Maine hungry. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. So a whole host of different things, a lot of topics to to cover, but please don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're going to start uh, with a question from Carmen. And Carmen called in a couple weeks ago. She called in on the 25th. Um, and her question is, you know, about growing climbing hydrangeas against a brick wall. Many of you may have been listening to that show, and she talked about, you know, um, it's, it's in the public garden behind the Wadsworth Longfellow house in Portland. Um, I mentioned mortar damage and you know, they didn't really think about that, which they want to avoid. Uh, and she's asking would winter creeper or another climbing plant be a better vine choice for a minimum mortar damage, or do you have better ideas to break the visual line? Um, the visual long line of the high wall and sides of the garden. Um, there are growing trees in the middle of the narrow garden. Uh, Thanks in advance for any suggestions. Well, Carmen, it's a, it's a tough one. With a lot of the vines that cling, you know, they're going to have mortar damage. Uh, so winter creeper is another one. You know, many of the IVs, uh, climbing hydrangea, all of those things kind of tend to be a little bit tough to get to stick to the wall to start. Something you may consider is thinking about using some large trellises and attaching them to the wall. Um, Then you could use some other types of vines, like clematis, you could use climbing honeysuckle, you could use many other vines that don't actually cling. The other positive to a trellis is if you use something like a vinyl or some other type of, of a product that will not rot, uh, you can also attach them in a way where if they have to get in there and do some maintenance in the future, they can just take them off the wall, you know, pull them back off the wall without cutting the vine back, and be able to go ahead and do some mortar work or whatnot, clean the wall. Uh, Tough one, though, uh, because there's nothing like that climbing hydrangea look or that winter creeper or whatnot. I do want to let you know that the likelihood that the mortar damage is going to be very severe for years and years and years, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, is, you know, a limited concern. So, you know... You have to decide what the best route of attack is here. Um, Personally, I probably would go ahead and use the winter creeper or the climbing hydrangea. The only tough part about that is maybe 20 years down the road, you'll have to be starting all over again. Uh, So, you know, if you don't want to do that, you may be replacing trellises in 20 years. You may be, you know, doing all kinds of different types of things in 20 years so maybe the garden has to be completely revamped and and at at that time you know a replacement's a better choice so carmen i hope that helps and uh you know hopefully we'll be able to help you out with that and get some sort of plant that's going to work really well for you but i want to talk a little bit about vegetable gardens this morning before we talk with joy Aarons from the yarmouth community garden in the second hour Because the vegetable gardens are taking a beating with all this rain. I'm sure you've gotten out there, unlike me. I still have not got my vegetable garden going. There's your vegetable garden update for the the show. I'm still behind the eight ball. Uh, All of you folks are just... Coming into the garden center and shopping with this nice, cool spring weather that we're having. Uh, you know, Thursday was supposed to be this awful, dreary, rainy day. Just the, the weather forecast was awful. And we were blessed with this 70-degree, sunny, beautiful, not-a-cloud-in-the-sky day. And just crazy busy in the garden center and people buying stuff. This heavy rain is going to beat up some stuff. You're going to have some damage out of this. There's no doubt in my mind. We'll talk with Joy a little bit about some of the struggles they're having up in the garden. I know they're replacing some things. one thing I want to stress is don't hesitate to replace a few things, okay? Time is on your side right now. If you wait two weeks from now, or three weeks from now, time is not in, on your side. So if you have some really struggling tomato plants or you have some really struggling cucumber plants, they just don't seem to be exploding, uh, I would recommend you think about you know, putting a secondary one or two in just to get them going. And if the others rebound, that's fine and good. If you've done all the work that I've told you and planned out your garden to a T, you may not have any more space. Maybe put them in a pot on the deck, get them going. What's the worst that happens? They root in a nice pot. You've got something going. You replace the ones out in the garden. You take them out of that pot and plant them into into the garden. So give yourself options. Lettuce seems to be taking a beating. A lot of the things that we're seeding right now, you know, if you've seeded in the last week and we've got all this rain, you may not your germination may not be as good as you would like. So think about adding some more seed uh our our conditions have been pretty rough you know we went from a week of rain to heat and humidity for three days which exploded plants out of the ground they put on a tremendous amount of growth now we're back in a little rainy period here with torrential rain from this storm plants are getting all the conditions for all sorts of problems watch your fungal and insect Uh, you know they're exploding I talked about the slugs and snails. They're going crazy with all this weather that's nice and moist. But the one thing I want to look out for aphids, they are on the rise. They are everywhere right now. Customers are coming in with problems. They're on trees, shrubs, annuals, perennials. They're all over the place. A good place to always look for your aphids is right on the new terminal bud, meaning where that flower bud is forming. That's usually the first place. The other thing to get out and look for is, right now, ladybugs. If you're finding ladybugs out in your garden, the likelihood there they are feeding on some aphids. Okay, so the aphids are there someplace. They may be down into the nice little nooks and crannies in between leaves. So they come in all colors, greens, yellows, reds, dark brown, black. So, you know, don't just look for, you know, the typical black aphid. You know, they may be green, they may be red, they may be orange, Um, you know, a whole host of different aphids going on out there. Plenty of organic products. One thing you might consider is Captain Jack's spray. Captain Jack's is a, uh, it's called dead bug spray, and it's made from crushed bugs, okay and it does work very well customers absolutely love it so that's a nice organic way to go Uh, we have many of the different oils and and whatnot neem oil is another good one Um, the nice part about neem oil is it smothers the egg and the other stages so you not only kill the adult but you also kill some of the other stages of the insect so by using neem oil that works well and then there's a whole host of other different things but aphids are on the rise Get out there, check out your garden after this wonderful rain we're having. Uh, You know, this is a nice soaking rain. The lawns are going to explode with growth. If you put some fertilizer down, uh, you know, I'm sure it's probably working its magic and you'll have to be mowing, you know, very aggressively in the next, next week. Uh, Now is the time to start thinking about using a liquid, you know, um, for your dandelions if you've already put down, you know, your weed and feed earlier in the season. Uh, If you're interested in putting a weed and feed fertilizer on, now is the time to go ahead and do that. After this rain is a perfect time. We want to make sure the grass is nice and moist, but apply that now and, Watch your garden grow. Watch your lawn grow. I did get another lawn mowing in and so uh we're up to speed with my lawn now. Uh and things are looking very good out there. My weeds are under control. I have completely gotten my gardens around the house have have had their first two uh applications of weeding i've gone out and and used my trusty grandfather's hoe to to knock down the weeds and uh, the third installment of weed control will happen the next sunny day that we have because they're starting to pop up again but we're going to take a quick break we'll be back with more from the joy of gardening on news talk wlob
1: We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies.
2: Wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows
3: Maine's soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We
0: support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center?
4: We're the independent garden centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Maspoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the tones, a full line of organic plant foods including holly tone, plant tone, and rose tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening
1: tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Summer is here and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best all trees shrubs roses perennials and ground covers are now 20 percent off through july 7th beautiful plants at a fraction of the price now that's something to celebrate to learn more visit estabrooksonline.com estabrooks for the joy of gardening when it comes to a stylish home your garden is the ultimate accessory there's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort couture tropicals and annuals from estabrooks these chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Port Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
0: to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Asterbrook, your host, and we're giving away a $100 gift card for calling in. If you just call in and ask a question, you enter to win a $100 gift certificate from Estabrooks, and you can call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Lovely Debbie over here. will take your name, your phone number, and you're entered to win. And it can be any question. It can be a question about gardening. It can be a question about your yard. Uh, something else going on in the community, whatnot. Um, I can't, you know, tell you I'll have all the answers for your community, but you know, I'll give it a shot. Um, you know, we're talking about all these things that are going on in the garden right now and you know, the insects and diseases are always a a concern because we deal with them every single day in the garden center. You know, I I like to kind of put it like we're the doctor of the plant world, you know, all of your problems kind of are brought to us and and we're there to help and, and do anything we can to make sure that you're successful. If you're successful, we're successful in, in, uh, in the garden and in our business. So, you know, in the in the in the vegetable garden there's a whole host of things i want to make sure that people are are kind of keeping an eye on uh First off, fertilization, you know, your plants are up. They're really growing nicely now. Now's the time to start thinking about maybe side dressing some of your rows with some garden tone, uh, especially after this long rain. You know, even if you don't have to water, garden tone's a nice way to get it out there and get it in the soil. You can just scratch it into the upper inch of the soil. And then the next time you have to water, it's there. Okay, So you don't have to think about, oh, I've got to go out and put the fertilizer down, then I have to water. So where we've had this nice soaking rain, you know, maybe on Sunday you can go out, you can cultivate some of your weeds, and you can put some of your garden tone down. Uh, That would be a great way to go ahead and really boost up the soil and get your plants with these nutrients and this moisture, kind of get them going. The other thing, it will help and green them up. It's kind of one of those things where, where we've had such terrible rain here, you know, in a couple different time frames. You know, in the last two weeks, we've had a tremendous amount of rain. So if you put fertilizer down early in the season, you put your compost in your in your soil, you've done everything right. Now these nutrients are starting to wash away. Fungicide is something we want to be very cautious about right now. We had a perfect storm of you know, a long stretch of rainy weather, three days of heat and humidity, humidity, a couple nice days, and now we've got some more rain. These are all the perfect conditions for blight to start happening on your tomatoes. It's the perfect conditions for rust. It's the perfect conditions for a lot of things. So when the sun does come back out, you may want to be preventative. Even if you don't seem to have problems, it may be a good time to think about putting a copper sulfate spray, you know, organically approved, uh, something that, you know, just to be on a preventative basis you know, important to kind of knock out some of those problems so that you won't have any issues, you know, down the road. Uh, Cutworms, we're having a lot of people coming in. Uh, If you're not familiar with cutworms, if you have some seedlings that you've put in and all of a sudden they just wilt off and die, more times than not you have cutworms. They're just underneath the soil. We can treat that with a product called Sluggo Plus, it has spinosad in it. And what that will do is that will knock out the cutworms. We can use that when we plant. So go ahead and plant and then just shake a little bit along the side of the row. But cutworms seem to have really started to take off. The aphids like I was talking before the break are just going crazy. Um, Not only in the vegetable garden but also out in the landscape. Important to start taking a look at your peppers for aphids. They're typically one that You'll find aphids on quite quickly in the garden. And also another one might be eggplant. Uh, eggplant tends to be a fairly dirty plant. Uh, you know, you, you can have a, a fair number of problems with that. Flea beetles, something that people don't normally think about or talk about. Uh, a little bit of dust, uh, seven dust or, or um, you know, insecticide dust will will help with that. Flea beetles are are typically attack the youngest stage of the plant. And you will see small little speckles all over the leaves. They were my grandfather's nemesis. It was something that he... Always had a problem in our large gardens at the at the garden center. Uh, it attacks primarily, you know, beans and peas and things as they start to emerge. Most of the materials that you seed in is where you will have problems with flea beetles. Uh, so keep an eye out for those. A lot of times when you go out in the garden, you can feel them kind of jumping around, um, you know. But look at them first thing in the morning. They'll be sitting up on top of the leaves, um, and that's the best time to kind of take care of them. And, you know, can't stress the fertilizer enough. It's one of those things that, you know, it's time if you need to water, you know, use the Neptune's Harvest, you know, um, or Saltwater Farms, uh, you know, fertilizer, you know, have a lot of micronutrients. Um, But where we've been so rainy, you know, work with the tones, you know, whether it be in your garden or in your vegetable garden, you can use any of the tones from Espoma, you know, and scratch them in. Uh, For your annual containers, we'll talk a little bit more about that, you know, about what to do for your hanging baskets, your patio pots, your big container you have on the step. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Fruit trees. So now we've had pretty much blossom on most all of our fruit trees. Fruit is probably starting to be set. And the fruit trees at this point have really started to grow. I planted six apple trees to line my driveway last year. And they are just putting on a plethora of growth right now. They're they're really starting to take shape and look really nicely. They had a great bloom set this spring. I'm sure the apple growers are very happy this year. I'm sure this heavy rain is not making their life very easy. But now's the time to start thinking about doing an application on your, on your uh, fruit trees, a fungicide and insecticide. A simple Bonide fruit tree spray will work great for that. It's one mixed together. You just take it out, spray it on a nice sunny day. Uh, I always recommend you do it first thing in the morning or late in the evening when the wind is quite low. Uh, obviously, we've got nice, showery, rainy weather here today, so probably not a good day today, uh, but maybe late tomorrow might be a good day um, if if Mother Nature kind of works with us. Uh, but tomorrow looks like 70 degrees and sunny. Uh might be a good time after these this stretch of weather that we've had to get a fruit tree spray on. If you've got cherries and, and uh, peaches and whatnot, uh, you know, be careful, you may be starting to see the signs of peach leaf curl. This is a problem that is very tough to get rid of, you know, at this time of year. Uh, it it kind of is something we need to apply for in the dormant season. Uh, your leaves will look very crinkled, almost like they're stunted. Um, it, it, you may think you have an insect or something attacking, but peach leaf curl is starting to show up now. Uh, and that is a problem that we'll have to, you know, won't kill the plant. It's not a lot you can do. You can do some general fungicides, whatnot, but uh, something we're going to have to rigorously take care of in the in the off season uh, and make sure that we clean it up before they leaf out next spring. So, hopefully, your fruit set is looking very good on your fruit trees. Much better than last year. We had a very tough year with with uh, fruit set on all of the fruits last year with such a nice warm spring. And then unfortunately, such a cold snap, uh, our apple growers out there in Maine, I hope you're enjoying a fruitful season uh, after last year was really, really a tough year, and um, good luck to you I, I, it's it's always a struggle here in Maine farming so and I want to talk a little bit you know I'm going to talk a little bit about this throughout the show. Tuesday, June 11th, we have home Run Rose Day at Hadlock Field. With the Sea Dogs. Come on down, CS. It's uh, an event sponsored by Independent Garden Centers of Maine. We're going to be giving away some roses. We're going to be giving away some tickets. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page and enter to win some tickets uh, probably uh, Monday. Um, we're going to give away some tickets uh, to to the game. Uh, we're going to plant a new rose garden. And Home Run Rose, we've talked about it on the show. It's a brilliant red rose. Uh, it also comes in pink. It's Similar to a knockout rose, if you've had any experience with that, where it has excellent disease and insect uh, resistance, the fragrance is very minimal, and that's due to the fact that they've bred it so that the Japanese beetles won't be attracted to it. Any of the roses that are not fragrant tend not to attract Japanese beetles, but brilliant red Foliage, uh, the foliage, the new foliage on Home Run comes out. It's a dark, dark red new foliage, and you know blesses us with a nice, nice dark red flower. Single flower, not a double. It's not like your traditional tea rose or anything. It's a shrub rose, very free blooming, easy to prune. You can prune it with a hedge shear if you want to, uh, and just keeps coming back more and more and more year after year after year. Uh, easy rose. Uh, it's going to be a double header which we didn't know at the beginning. So uh, Mother Nature has blessed us with a doubleheader on Tuesday. Uh, we originally signed up for the game. This, uh, this whole game is being sponsored by Proven Winners, Color Choice Shrubs. They're, uh, they've been nice enough to help sponsor us. They tried to get this going with every single minor league team across the country. And guess who is the only state that was able to put it together? That's right. The folks here in Maine. Uh, You know, our group of garden centers at Independent Garden Centers of Maine, I'm very proud of them that we were able to get this together. We were able to get this promotion off the ground and hopefully be a model for across the country in the future. But uh, Proven Winners wanted to get this off the ground. They wanted to do it in many communities across the United States. And luckily, Portland, Maine, w- is a place that everyone can work st- work together. And the Portland Sea Dogs have been great to work with. Uh, they've been a fabulous, you know, um, group to work with. And all the garden centers will be there. We're gonna be giving away roses. We've got hats. We've got all kinds of point of purchase. We've got information. If the Sea Dogs hit a home run, there's gonna be a row that will get a free rose, and that will be drawn at random. So, you know, come on out, visit us, see Slugger, you know, have some ice cream, maybe a hot dog, and uh, say hello. And the other thing is, if you have a Sea Dogs ticket or go to a game, it doesn't have to be this game, you can receive 10% off any of these roses at any of our independent garden centers in Maine. So you, you can visit maineigc.com to go ahead and take advantage of that. So just bring your blank Sea Dogs ticket in to any of our participating garden centers. Give us the ticket. We'll give you 10% off the rose. So it's a good deal. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
5: Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and Earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife NutriMulch is nutrient stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit casellaorganics.com or call 800 4 compost for a source near you.
1: Summer is here and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get togethers. Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit EstabrooksOnline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Hort Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
0: back to the joy of gardening another beautiful saturday morning if you like rain i'm looking out the window here at the radio station and it seems to have subsided quite a bit the wind has died down i hope you have a nice cup of coffee or a nice beverage and you're looking out the window and give me a call give me a weather update where you are you know hopefully things are are looking up maybe you can see some peaks of sun in southern maine at this point but you can call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255 we are giving away a hundred dollar gift certificate call in that's all you got to do to enter to win it's going to run the next four weeks uh you know we're trying to get you all out there to participate and call in uh, ask any question about gardening uh, but what i will want wanted to you know discuss a little bit was we have had all this rain we've talked about vegetables we've talked about fruit trees we've talked about all these things but let's talk a little bit about your containers because they're very very easily leached out of nutrients uh with these heavy rains we spent a tremendous amount of time yesterday in the garden center protecting plants we brought them inside to protect them from this heavy rain so that they're not beat up. So when you come into shop, the plants look as nice as they possibly can. We brought hundreds of hanging baskets out of our growing field, which is outdoors. They got very, very, very beat up in that first round of rain that we had, that week-long rain. They were rebounding beautifully. The flowers are all popping. They're absolutely lovely. Our greenhouses are just loaded with beautiful plants right now. We brought hundreds of hanging baskets in. We brought hundreds of patio pots and beautiful, you know, planters that you can just set on your step. So the ones that we have, we've gone ahead and protected them so we can continue fertilizing them inside. We have a tremendous amount of space that's undercover to shop when it's rainy. But you may have forgotten your container out there. You didn't really think about it, you know. Oh, big storm, you know. Maybe your hanging basket's still hanging out there and it's had a whole heck of a lot of rain and the blossoms. Maybe you have a petunia, especially a petunia. You know, the blossoms will be all beat up. The most important thing you can do is start fertilizing after a heavy rain like this, okay? And it's important that we start fertilizing before the plant gets dry. Okay, so we want it to dry out a little bit. So tomorrow's supposed to be 70. It's supposed to be nice. You know, if you have a big container, you've planted a lot of small pots in it, it's probably going to take a little while to dry out, which is completely fine. But what I do want to tell you is the next time you have to water, let's go ahead and use a nice fertilizer like miracle Grow Bloom Booster. Use the Neptune's Harvest. uh, Whatever you typically use, let's go ahead and get some fertilizer on them. Hanging baskets especially, very important, you know, because they have a very compact root system. And I'm sure they're nice and moist right now. But if you kind of took that trick and took them down and put them underneath the porch, tomorrow they will need water. And you probably have not leached out the soil, but still, because we've had this cloudy, rainy, damp weather, your blossoms may have some fungus kind of going on them at this point. So going ahead and fertilizing will push some new blossoms. It will discard some of those old blossoms. And fertility is the number one thing. A lot of times in our growing fields, we actually will what we call fertigate during the rain. And what that does is it keeps the nutrient levels up in the plant. And for us in the growing situation, it's important for us to keep the nutrients in the pot so we don't miss opportunities to grow okay and to make sure the plants are at optimum you know conditions for you now we don't necessarily run them for long stints of time it will be a very short interval of nutrients that will mix with the water that's coming down from mother nature and be able to keep the nutrients levels up so when we're doing all of those things it's important for you to understand in order for your plants to bounce out of this this wet soil Fertilizer is going to be very important to build the root system back up to push out through any fungal problems you might have and certainly have a healthy plant here coming up so move forward on your containers i'm sure everything's going to look just fine uh, we're protecting the plants so if you need to come in and buy something for your home to you know replace or You know, you've got company coming over I want to bring a gift. You know, we'll have plenty of things that will look good. Most of our annuals are indoors. We have a little bit out front in the Yarmouth store, but all of our other stores, Kennebunk and Scarborough, it was all hands on deck protecting things yesterday. We were bringing stuff into the garden center, into the greenhouses. So this morning, if you come out to the garden center, the greenhouses might be a little packed. The aisles might be a little full. We'll be working overtime to get all the stuff back outside. Make sure it gets displayed properly so you can shop. Get it so that you can get in there and uh, enjoy yourself in the garden center without tripping over a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I want to, you know, reiterate: we will be at the Portland Sea Dogs on June 11th this Tuesday for Home Run Rose Day. Home Run Rose Day, Great Rose. Um, Working with the City of Portland and Jeff Tarling there to plant a garden next to Hadlock Field, right next to the parking lot. We're going to be replacing a bunch of spirea and other things that are there, and we're going to be planting a brand-new rose garden at Hadlock Field. So you'll be able to walk by this beautiful garden for years to come. Uh, That's being done by Independent Garden Centers Maine and Pride's Corner Farm. Uh, Pride's Corner Farm, uh, some of you who have... um, Listen to the show for quite a few weeks. Ray DeFeo, uh, sales manager of Pride's Corner Farm, was in and talked about a lot of different plants and things that, that Pride's Corner does. They're one of our major suppliers. They're out of Connecticut. Um, great people to work with, family business. Um, but they've been a great support for this Home Run Rose Day, and we're going to have a great time. So come down to Hadlock Field on Tuesday. It's a double header. And, you know, so basically you get two games for the price of one. We'll be giving away. Some tickets on our Facebook page uh, probably on Monday. So enter to win there. And let's talk slugs and snails. Mm -hmm. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Just can't even believe when I got out of my car and took two steps and the stoop here at the radio station the number of slugs and snails, I, I i haven't seen that in quite some time. And, you know, it's a very moist area down here where the radio station is and long grass right by the step there, and they're just having a field day. But they're out feeding at daylight. You know, they're out there just having a blast, uh, doing their thing. This weather is perfect conditions for your hostas get to get decimated. So wanted to talk a little bit about how... How you can go ahead and protect. Now, slugs and snails, the protection really starts when the plants start to come up. So we're kind of getting a little late here to start. But if you always have a bad slug and snail problem, the thing to do is to think as soon as I start to see plants coming out of the ground is the time I need to start with slugs and snails. I need to get in there and put down some sluggo or sluggo plus Plus and put it around my plants and in the crowns of my plants, where once the canopy comes up and covers the soil, the product is already under the plants. So you can't take these products and just sprinkle them around the open soil. You got to get them down underneath the plants where these slugs and snails are living, okay? It's very important that we go ahead and get it down underneath. They work absolutely wonderful. They're Completely organic. So, you know, not like the old, old fashioned ortho buggedetta, you know, toxic, you know. Personally, I don't like the beer cups. You know, there's nothing worse than a swollen, dead slug to me. I'm not a beer drinker, but anyone who is, I think you should have a beer. Instead of putting it in a cup to try to get your slugs, some people just love the slow death of a slug. They just it's their nemesis in the garden and they love to bury it, you know, those little cups with beer in them, um, you know, to each his own. But the other product I want to talk about is Diatomaceous Earth. Diatomaceous Earth is made of silica and it's basically a very easy product to use. Today would be a great time to use it if you know there's no more rain coming. You have Your plants have to be wet in order to use it properly, okay? So the thing about diatomaceous earth is it cuts slugs and snails. So it's a slow death for the slug and snail. Um, you can almost hear them scream as soon as you use it. But it you want your plants to be moist. So if you have a nice sunny day like tomorrow... Um, It looks like the weather's going to be phenomenal. It looks like the plants probably are going to be moist first thing in the morning. Come in, get a bag of diatomaceous earth today. Spread it first thing tomorrow when the plants are moist. It will stay on the plants until we get another rain. Then you have to reapply. So you have to reapply after every rain. The other way I typically use diatomaceous earth is I use it for... Ants. Okay, so if you have a bad ant problem, it's completely safe. You can spread it on the deck. You know, if you have a nice dew, you know, in the morning, you can spread it across the deck. The ants will not crawl across it, it will cut them. Uh, You know, so a good way to get rid of some of your ants. The other way I do it is I missed my garden late in the evening. Now, typically, I don't like you putting water on your plants. But in this instance, you know, the nice part is most of your slugs and snails, they feed at night. So if we moist moisten the foliage and then put the diatomaceous earth down, the slugs all come out at night. Is that a song? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe in a garden center. But what that will do is it will get the diatomaceous earth on the plants so that when they come out to feed, it's there. If you do it in the morning, you've got the whole day. If you get a shower or whatnot, it washes away. If you do it in the evening, they come out. You can put it on the ground. You can put it on the plants. You can put it all over the place, and you will get a very good control on your slugs. You do need to keep repeating it because you're not going to get everything. But get out there. Attack the slugs and snails. They're getting ferocious. If Anybody who has a lot of hosta, dahlias. Dahlias are a favorite plant. We've sold a ton of dahlias. Protect your dahlias with diatomaceous earth, slug-o. Get out there, do it. If you go out in the evening or early morning, you will see the slugs up on top of the plant. If you go out during the day, you won't see the slugs if it's a sunny day. So you'll, you'll kind of go out and look at your garden and go, what happened? I don't know what happened. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
2: You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Hollytone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
3: At Coast of Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy lobster compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and it looks a little better out there. It's not really raining here. The wind has died, and things are looking up. The weather forecast looks like it's going to get better and better for today. So hopefully, there's some gardening in your future, and I think it's going to be a busy day in the garden center just because everybody's got a lot of plants out there that might need to be replaced. You know, there may be some things that aren't doing well with this tough stretch of weather. You know, don't hesitate. You know, a lot of people haven't even planted yet. I have not planted anything at my house yet. So don't think you're alone. I usually plant most of my containers and whatnot um, around the 4th of July. To be perfectly honest, I don't have the time to tend them and care for them and do a lot around the house until about then. Then I start to really get my annual pots going. I start to, you know, put things together, uh, plant out my gardens. Um, and in the summer, I really tend to enjoy them a lot more because I have a lot more time off. So there's always time to garden. It's not something you just have to do in the spring. You can plant all season. It's one of those things that people think. I I have to buy everything in the spring season, get it in the ground, and enjoy it all year. We have many, many crops that we're continuing to grow. We were just sticking mum cuttings, you know, again yesterday. And, you know, our third lot of mum cuttings have just come in, and we're sticking them as we speak. Uh, They'll be finishing them up this morning. And so fall is on its way. I know that's a really tough thing to think about, but... You know, from a growing perspective, we're always a season ahead. We have to grow these things. They take 8 to 10 to 12 to 16 weeks. You know, and if you really want to be scared, you know, I know it's early and you've had maybe half a cup of coffee or a cup or or two. Um, but our poinsettia cuttings are coming very soon. <laughs> Christmas will be here before we know it. So get out there, enjoy your gardens. Uh, you know, I know things are growing very quickly, and we were just talking about slugs and snails and how aggressive they are. The vegetable gardens are, are bursting, and and there may be some need for rejuvenation. We're going to talk with Joy Aarons in the second hour from Yarmouth Community Garden. I know they've had some problems in the garden, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that they need to do. We're also going to kind of talk about Norman Steele. Uh, you know, Norm is. A, was a huge factor. Unfortunately, we have lost Norm, and he he was a huge, huge part of Plant-A-Row. Over 12,000 pounds of vegetables donated in a 15-year time frame. So, you know, a huge hole needs to be filled. Um, it never will be completely filled because Norm was just a special person. If you knew Norm, you knew his passion and the way he went about doing things in the meticulous fashion He was a true vegetable, not gardener, but farmer. He had a five-acre garden at his daughter's place. Five acres, folks, by one person. He had some help along the way. But five acres is, is, you know, that's some commercial farms are five acres, And, you know, 12,000 pounds, took a lot of pride in what he did, helped out at the Yarmouth Community Garden a tremendous amount. We'll be talking with Joy in the 7 o'clock hour about all of that. And, you know, talk a little bit about Yarmouth Community Garden and talk about how you may be able to also start a community garden in your community. It's a great project to get involved with. I was involved in the start of the Yarmouth Community Garden. I have step, since stepped aside and let some other folks work on this project. They have done a phenomenal job. If you get an opportunity to visit the garden, if you're coming to the Yarmouth Garden Center, it is about half a mile past Estabrooks on East Main Street in Yarmouth. It's just up the road on the left. Please stop in. They would love you to see the garden. If you'd like to volunteer, I'm sure Joy will be able to let us know how you can get in contact with them. But it's a phenomenal garden, one that I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of the group who have carried on, The Yarmouth Community Garden, they just do a phenomenal job. They donate thousands and thousands of pounds a year. They just—they run a wonderful spaghetti supper with the tomatoes out of the garden every fall as a fundraiser. Just a great community event. If you don't have a community garden in your town, get a group together. Get a group together. Go to the town. Talk to them about where they might have a piece of land you can use and get growing. It's a great, great project to get involved in, huge community involvement. So we've talked about your annual containers. We've talked about fruit trees. We've talked about all kinds of stuff. But what I want in the second hour is for you to call in. And we're giving away a $100 gift certificate. for To enter, you just have to call and ask a question. So it's really simple. So call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. It can be about anything. I know you're just waking up. It's 7 o'clock. I've had a couple cups of coffee. I've been up since 4.30, you know, prepping for the show, enjoying this. I really love getting up on my Saturday mornings and coming and doing the show. It's been very rewarding. I really love it when everyone comes into the garden center and says, Oh, I really enjoyed your show. I got it on podcast. So you can pick up the podcast at our website at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio you can, you can, if you're shy, put a question through the website there also. But that doesn't enter, that doesn't enter you into the $100 gift certificate. You got a call, you know, I'm trying to pull you out, pull you off the couch. Everybody has a cell phone, you know, either that or you're out in the garden in the rain right now pulling some weeds, which definitely they're growing faster than we can imagine. Tomorrow is going to be a great day to get out and weed, okay? It's very important right now. The weeds are growing faster than the plants. They've seeded in. They're throwing their wonderful seed pods right now. Now is a crucial time to go ahead and get out there and pull those weeds, okay? I can't stress it enough. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
5: lobradio.com
0: welcome back to the joy of gardening on news talk wlob another beautiful saturday morning nice and rainy out there Uh, but mother nature needs some rain here or there so gonna be a beautiful afternoon and wonderful sunday i hope you're gonna get out and enjoy the rest of your weekend uh you know relax have make a nice breakfast this morning enjoy this uh little downtime, and then get out there mow your lawn after it grows three inches in in a couple hours uh we're gonna have joy Errands uh coming into the studio here uh via the phone and uh, she's gonna be talking with us about the yarmouth community garden if you have any questions don't hesitate to call 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We have a giveaway. We have a giveaway, $100 gift certificate. You just got to call and ask a question to enter. You can't post a question on our website. You can't think about the question on your couch and not call. You got to call me, okay? I think that might have been a song too, an anthem for the summer, you know. You know, so anyways, if you're, you know, in your teens, you probably understand that, but probably not many teens listening to a garden show at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. But anyways, uh, if some of my staff is listening, they're going to get a good kick of that, and I'll get a good ribbing when I get to work today. But um, we're going to welcome Joy Ahrens from the Yarmouth Community Garden. Good morning, Joy.
6: Good morning, Tom. How are you? Very well,
0: thanks. It's a wonderful, rainy Saturday morning.
6: It is, and actually, I would otherwise probably be heading up to the garden. So. I know,
0: I know. Yeah, I, you know, absolutely fabulous place, the garden. Uh, very peaceful up there at the garden. Uh, just past Estabrooks and Yarmouth, probably about half a mile on the left, and uh, you guys are doing a wonderful job up there. Tell us a little bit about the garden and the creation and, and all of that.
6: Well, it was... Started actually by a group of volunteers, I think about 13 years ago, and um, I think you were instrumental in advice and helping, I'm not sure, right at the beginning, but certainly from the very early years, um, who wanted to start an area to grow vegetables, basically just with the idea of donating them to people in need in the town, and uh, some town property that existed as part of a donation and purchase agreement that had been um, part of the Parks Department um, actually had previously been farmland, and it was agreed that this group could start using that and just see how it went. And I think the first year, a very small part of it was tilled up, and uh, they grew vegetables to donate. They watered it with water from an old well that they found on the property hauling buckets, which as we all know is not very convenient or easy. Um,
7: That that growled pretty
6: quickly and I think maybe even the next year they figured out um, that they could get town water and they started to, they actually were started with I think a donation from the town to get going. I think for the first at least few years it was just um working the the soil to grow to give away and then gradually they expanded to include some rental plots yeah,
0: and it, joy it was, was
6: um, joy it was just a, been growing over the last few years the last 10 years really
0: joy it was it was definitely at what i will say uh, a tough start you know <sighs> the the watering from this old well You know, and pulling those buckets, I remember those days. I remember the first day we planted up there. You know, we had worked the soil, and the first year the weeds were awful. You know, um, we got a late start. The town was great. We had great opportunity at the time frame. You know, the time frame when everything kind of came together. We were pulling the project together. They had purchased this property. Um, they really were kind of on the fence whether they were going to let any group like this, you know, um, work in the town. But we kind of came together with a proposal of no cost to the town, and we've been able to keep that a, a viable option. Um, there really is no cost to the town of Yarmouth, correct?
6: Yes. There's. Um, we We now raise all our own money by donations and through what are very reasonable rental fees for, for plots. And the town, we still work with the town mm-hmm. in a very, very cooperative way in that they, they do empty our, they provide us with trash barrels and they empty those. And the town mows the open park area and the entranceway, because we also share an entranceway to what is now the Frank Knight Forest, which has beautiful trails for walking, and a lot of dog walkers come up there, and hunters. Um, And so the town does maintain the mowing of the open spaces. Um, They've also been great in sort of the informal, cooperative things, like instead of taking some of the leaves that are chopped up that they gather from the cemeteries in the fall, instead of taking them to the composting center at the landfill... They have sometimes dropped some off at the garden for us to use for winter mulch, and mm-hmm. um, so we have a very good working relationship with the town. And the other thing that they do provide for us is the service through Community Services of registering our um, our rental our renters when they when they call in to or come in to, to rent plots for the summer and also for a really wonderful children's program, which was started later, where they have um, two classes starting in, I think, early July, which go for six weeks. And uh, so there's probably 25 to 30 children who participate in this program who dig in the soil. A a portion of the garden now is the children's garden and they help to plant, they help to tend, they read stories, they do crafts, all to do with gardening and nature, and Christine Slater is the lead teacher on that, and she's just fabulous. So
0: Absolutely. Christine has done a a phenomenal job. The children's program was something that kind of was really getting going just as I was leaving the board of the community garden. Mm -hmm. And it has grown leaps and bounds. The things they do in the garden are just amazing. And the look of the garden and incorporating that has really added an element that, I didn't really realize how amazing it would be. Um, You know, just the structures and the way that it's planted, everyone should take a trip up there and take a look at the garden. You know, especially if you're going to go ahead and think about doing one in your community. Um, You know, one thing about, you know, backing up a little bit, rental plots. um, You know, I wanted to speak a little bit about that. It's a great way for people who have a really shady yard to get out, In garden in a nice, beautiful soil. You guys basically take care of the soil, correct?
6: Yes, and that's certainly how I got started, because I live in a fairly shady area, and I loved a vegetable garden, but um, everything grew two feet too tall and didn't produce very much, and that was my first introduction was as a renter, and I, um, every year, seem to have increased the amount of stuff that I grow, and it's, it's wonderful because we can talk more about this, but I think one of the enormous benefits is that you have novice renters and you have experienced renters and everybody helps each other and you gain great wisdom. You, you get experience. You can wander around and see how somebody else is trellising their tomatoes or how they arrange their garden and you can wonder about bugs and why things aren't germinating or what's eating them. And everybody shares different kind of advice, and it's a great, great support system.
0: Yeah, I think that's an understated part to the community garden is the sense of community and being able to learn. If you are a first-time gardener or someone who's gardened for 20 years, it's a great place to go and get that sense of community, have a support system to be successful. And, you know, I know that the Yarmouth Community Garden does a training day every year also.
6: Yes, we have. Well, really, we have just a basic orientation mm. um, in the spring, and actually, when, when people have signed up. And that's a really broad overview. So, in April, if you're, you know, Marjorie Stone is also an enormously wonderful part of the garden because she has been kind of the coordinator of the renter section, and she provides so much, both hands on and by email advice to people. She'll send pictures out of the latest bug that has emerged and what you should be looking for, what you should do about it. And, you know, when in April, it's a little bit difficult to absorb, you know, how you should be dealing with your tomatoes and the tomato hornworms. So right. the constant um, inter interaction and information stream, um, and she's up there every single day, practically, just checking over, seeing... Know, she'll walk the entire renter area and watch for the first bugs to emerge. Um, the, the alerts have already gone out about the cucumber beetles, which hatched rather early because of that hot spell that we Absolutely. had. So everybody was busy covering their plants with, with row cover, with Remay. And that's another thing that we do supply. Our, um, we have a, a shed with tools. Uh, we get Rime with the row cover, mm-hmm. to cover the the crops that should be covered so that we can minimize the pest damage it's organic so people get educated as to what things are and are not acceptable to use on their plants um obviously there's water so we pay the town for the water that we use Mm -hmm. all of the irrigation system is put in in the spring and taken out in the fall and it's fenced for deer so there's sort of there's hardwired um, or on-the-ground support, as well as the people support. And it's a really great way to start gardening. And the other thing is you get to know your neighbors in the plots, and you can cover for each other when somebody's away. People will donate some of their extra produce to what we give away from the community side if they're away or if they have more than they can use. So it it's, everything is beneficial to... All parts of the garden. As yeah. you say, I think it's, it's a unique situation where we have the rental plots and the children's garden, and then the community garden, which is obviously the core, and that's certainly the core mission of the garden.
0: Yeah, I, I think the, the, the core mission, you know, starting was, well, let's give people a place they can garden, and that will help support you know, the community garden, which is the true goal of being able to help feed the hungry. Yeah. And, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, over the years. I mean, last year, how was your yield? It, w- it was a tough year last year.
6: Last year was a little bit down, yes. The cucumber beetles were, or that I guess, the squash bugs that emerged later mm-hmm. were devastating to a couple of the winter squash crops. Right. Uh, it's, they left one crop alone and ate all the rest. Um, There's always something. There's always something. You know, a few years ago, the the blight came and we had to rip out every single tomato in the garden. And tomatoes are probably almost everybody's favorite crop, and it's really hard to take out stuff that you've tended and you're just seeing coming into fruit because of of this awful blight. But you have to do it, and there's always something that happens. Last year we. We grew potatoes for the first time on a on a bigger scale. We had tried a very small plot. We hadn't been doing that in the past because we worried about the bugs, and we didn't want them to really get established in the soil and spread to other people's crops. But we people watch it, and you pick the bugs. We had a very good potato harvest. Other things were down. So yet last year, um, yeah, there were there were challenges. There are always some some crops that. don't come through. Um, So on the average we've had between three and five thousand pounds a year that we've been able to donate and we have given it in the past to, there used to be two food pantries in town and now everything is consolidated under the Yarmouth Community Food Pantry Mm -hmm. and they get the bulk of our produce. They're open three days a week and it is wonderfully appreciated. Uh, we also deliver to uh, two senior residence areas, um, Yarmouth Falls and Bartlett Circle. And they probably have between 15 and 25 residents who really appreciate the produce. And we've delivered to some homebound seniors that we hear from. Um, and. Sometimes we are drowning in something like lettuce, and we donate any extras, usually to Preble Street or to the Wayside Soup Kitchen. And actually, in the last couple of years, we've been able to share some extra produce with the Thalma Food Pantry as well.
0: Wow, that's absolutely amazing, Joy. I mean, you're hitting so many different communities. You know, obviously, you know, people can donate from their plots also. Uh, Joy, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on Newstalk WLOB.
1: Summer is here, and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Horte Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Horte Couture, now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Do you have planting
4: insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. The secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a Tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
5: Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella's Organics NutriMulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutramulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
0: Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and we are talking with Joy Ahrens from the Yarmouth Community Garden today. Good morning again, Joy. Good morning. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how big is the garden? Um, you know, give me a sense of, you know, what type of area you're, you're gardening in.
6: Well, I think um, the entire area is a couple of acres. Mm-hmm. The area under production for the produce that we donate is, hmm, I think it's really only about a half an, little over half an acre, maybe. Yeah,
0: I would say it's about that. Yeah,
6: and uh, the area of the rent the, the children's garden is maybe a third of an acre, mm-hmm. and the rental plots uh, hmm, they must be. I'm not too good on the math here, but they must be. Uh, a little over an
0: acre. Yeah, I would say so. And, and how many how many plots are you guys uh, renting now?
6: We have 140 plots <sighs> that are that average out to be 10 by 10. Most of the plots are 10 by 10. Some of the ones along the edge are five by 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was interesting this year. Rentals came dribbling in a little bit slower. Very often by March, we're almost filled and uh, it was a little bit slower this year, I think, because it was such a, a long wait for spring to actually come. It was come. Like
0: cold spring. <laughs>
6: cold spring, and people weren't thinking garden, gardening right. except for those of us who are definitely addicted, and so suddenly the uh, things got rolling, and it's interesting. People come up to the garden and look around and volunteer a little bit and then think, oh my gosh, I want a plot. So I think we are, we're completely maxed out now, and everything is rented and being worked, and it looks really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I was up there not long ago. Uh, periodically, Cindy Williams and I will go up and we'll, we'll do a TV spot up in the garden or whatnot, uh, and, you know, it always amazes me, the different styles. And like you were talking about, you know, people learning from people, there are so many different ways to do things. Uh, many times in the garden when I stroll through, I I pick up something new. Right. Uh, something I never thought about. Uh people are very creative in their structures and and how and take very huge pride in how their plot looks and and what do you do to you know there must be rules as far as you know how to keep your plot and and keep it weeded and and all of those types of things.
6: Well, I think uh part of it happens by uh, as you say, looking at your neighbor, people do get inspired by what they see, and the better plots are kept, the better neighbors learn. Um, inevitably, <laughs> there's some people who just you know, think that gardening is going to be great and can't keep up with it. Right. But Marjorie is very good about sending out gentle email reminders that um, if people can keep the weeds out of their plots, they'll be much happier and suggesting ways to use mulch and... Um, a lot of people, I live where I can get seaweed. A lot of people use seaweed mm-hmm. or hay or grass clippings. Um, some people are putting in temporary raised beds that actually have wooden side structures. Mm-hmm. A lot of people raise up the soil. So the parameters are really that uh, nothing permanent in, in the area that is plowed up, nothing permanent can be left there. So anybody who uses a stone walkway, for example, all the stones, all the wood have to come out right. in the fall because we till early in the spring. There is a section now, and it's growing, of permanent plots uh, that people don't want tilled and they commit to rent every single year, and so people can leave things in those because they can also leave crops that they like to overwinter if you have parsnips or garlic that right. you want to leave in the soil. Um, so volunteers will mow the paths and trim around the edges to keep the grass down and so that's done on sort of a community basis.
0: And and Joy and, how, how would someone if somebody wanted to just give their time to the community garden how would they contact you what would they what would they do to to kind of get involved?
6: Um, that's a wonderful question because we love having volunteers and it's amazing actually every year we have volunteers from the community people just show up and want to help out. And they're not renters, but they love gardening. And really, without the volunteer participation, this couldn't happen. So people find us. We have a wonderful website, org, and my contact information is there. Um, people usually can wander up, and there's always somebody in the garden, and usually somebody from the steering committee who can say, oh, yes, just show up on a Tuesday or a Saturday morning, which is when we typically have our work times, except for mornings like this, um, and people will just come and say, what can I do? We actually have started something this year that we're uh, finding some good success with, and we sort of adopt, uh, adopt a row, That
7: mm-hmm.
6: if somebody comes, there are people who can't come on a Tuesday or a Saturday morning to help. And they say, but I want to help out, but I go up to the garden and I'm not quite sure what to do. So we do, we have a coordinator, a stipended coordinator for the uh, community area that we give away the produce. And so she's trying to maintain a little bulletin board saying, you know, you can weed such and such or this and that. But this right. adopter row is if, if you want to say, okay, I'll adopt a carrot row. We have two fabulous volunteers who... They just show up any time, and they know now that they can weed the carrot row and thin it, and there's a sense of ownership there that is fun to see happen. So we have lots of rows that need adopting, and that kind of keeps an ongoing care of the garden.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: But it's not that hard if it's taken care of. If it gets, if it gets away from you, it's a really big space, and uh, we've worked very, very hard this spring and had a lot of volunteers up there weeding and mulching all the pathways and the edges of the garden so that we don't get overrun by grass. And it's looking great now um, so that hopefully we, we get that done, the big push to get all the planting done, then there's a, usually a little lull where you sit and you hope that it rains at the appropriate time and you watch for bugs and you weed and you water and then all of the harvest begins. So. People can, as I say, people can contact us by email or by phone um, through the contact information on the website, and or people can just show up, and it's wonderful, wonderful to have that participation from the community.
0: Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, is there a place where they can donate to if they want, you know, monetarily?
6: Yes, and we've had random donations uh, throughout the years. We've had corporate supporters in in town. We have... A big harvest dinner in October at the end of the year where we have a silent and a live auction. Actually, we've stopped the live auction. We just have a silent auction and a raffle. And we use tomatoes from the garden to make a tomato sauce and also pesto from basil from the garden. We have a big spaghetti dinner that the community comes to. We have served between 300 and fifty and four hundred people over the
0: last few years. Yeah, it's a quite quite an event, you know, it's and that's very a big well supported. Fundraiser. Yeah, absolutely. Uh you know, and the food's phenomenal and it's one of those one of those community events, you know, and you get people from all over that that come. Uh you know, Joy, the the garden is, you know, a huge part of the community. Um it, it, it has taken on kind of something that I never really you know, experienced. Just you get all types of people that come and help and work and rent plots, and you know, really kind of builds a sense of community. How, how how does someone in a community that doesn't have a community garden kind of get started?
6: Well, we actually have had a lot of people. You mean of the, for their own community? Yeah,
0: gardens. absolutely.
6: Yeah, we've had people come. A lot of people do come and look and try to see what we've done. And we do tell them that it took us 13 years to get this far. <laughs> right. But I think the biggest challenge is, well, it I remember driving by the area where the Freeport Community Garden was starting a few years ago, and they had just turned the soil, and it was heavy, heavy clay. And I thought, oh my goodness, that would be so intimidating. Mm. But... I understand that it didn't look that much different when they first turned over the Armist Community Garden.
0: <laughs> no, it, was, it didn't. <laughs> I um, turned it for opinions, the first time. <laughs> it
6: hasn't been turned for many, many years. Right. Um, so I think it requires a lot of patience, but it really does require a lot of volunteers. Um, Brunswick, a group from Brunswick came up and talked to us several times, and they started, and I think have had a very successful start to their community garden with with good volunteer participation i think i think the important thing is to have a core group of people who are really committed to it it is a lot of work but as you say the rewards are amazing and i think it builds on itself um the other thing that i i really would like to mention too is is how other, other donations and other ways of supporting the garden. I know Esther Brooks was just incredible with supporting us early on with and over the years with seedling donations. And there was another friend of somebody's who lived way up country and grew seedlings for us. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Jess Marstaller,
7: mm-hmm.
6: uh, who grows all the seedlings for. Alan Sterling and Lothrop, I believe, mm-hmm. offered to, you know, we take him seeds, and he grows some of our seedlings, which is very, very generous.
0: Absolutely.
6: Um, and so there are many, many ways and that people in the community and in the greater community can contribute. And I have to tell you about a new program that we started last year um, that was... There was a push made by a member of the community who had never been in the garden at all, mm-hmm. and she wanted to uh, donate flowers. And a couple of people who are involved in the community garden, um, Ted Metzler and his wife, thought this was a great thing that they would like to do. They volunteered driving for Meals on Wheels, and they started uh, making, you know, picking flowers from Mary Weber's garden, and making little bouquets that then would be taken to the at-home deliveries of the Meals on Wheels from the meals that generate out of the Yarmouth site. And so every
0: Tuesday or
6: late Monday, they would go and pick the flowers, make little bouquets, and I think over 300, 500 maybe of them were delivered through the course of the summer to people who cannot get to the Meals on Wheels congregate site, but get their meals at home. And it's it's a way that we can kind of take something from the earth and really cheer up people who are homebound and may well have gardened in their lives but can't do it anymore. So that was something that has nothing to do with eating and vegetables, but it grew out of this program, and it was just
0: wonderful. Yeah, I think that's, that's one thing that, you know, the sense of community and how everything kind of just spirals and stacks on each other and a new program shows up. Joy, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
2: You may not know it, But most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929.
3: At Coast of Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Asterooks. I'm Tom Asterbrook, your host. And it's another Saturday morning, and we're here. We're talking with Joy Ahrens from the Yarmouth Community Garden. Joy, good morning again. Hello, Tom. Uh, you know, it, the sense of community in the Yarmouth Community Garden, It, it you know, I didn't know about the flowers. Uh, you know, that to me is just another step. You know, the children's garden was a step. Um, anything else that's kind of, you know, coming forward or ideas that you're, you're thinking about?
6: Well... As I said before, we have had um, really wonderful support through donors that have helped us have the financial stability to to really maintain the garden and to keep providing what we do. And last year we had an incredibly uh, sudden and generous donation um, from Allagash,
7: Mm. who
6: have been supportive of community agriculture and wanted to do something to a specific garden. And one of the things that we've been looking at is some better fencing. As you probably know, you know yes. every year we put up, take down <laughs> the fencing and it's it's plastic mesh and it wears out and it gets ripped by the mowing and the trimming around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of our big goals has been to put in a more permanent fencing solution. Correct. And that's in the works we have thought when we got this donation, we thought, wow, we can really get going on it, but we realized that it's not something we can do in the spring because it's going to take a while. So I think what we're going to do is be working to plan over the summer and maybe get started on some of it so that most of the work will happen in the fall after we take the gardens out. But that's something that I think will allow us to be even a little more efficient to make the annual put-down, take-up of of all the fencing, a little easier, um, so that's something that you know in terms of improving the garden's functioning, I think will really be be helpful. That would um, be
0: a, that would be a huge help. That was that was just that's just a huge job to put up, take down the fence, maintain it. You know, and it, let's fo- let's face it, folks out there, deer are a major problem. Uh, yeah. Woodchucks. Uh, there are a whole host of things. Turkeys nowadays are are becoming more and more of a problem. So, you know, you may not be able to garden in your yard, but these community gardens are doing all the work for you. And and that is a very tough jo- uh, job, Joy. I know. Uh, I know Charlie and the guys uh, spent a lot of time on that fence year in and year out. And it, you're right, maintaining it around the base of the fence and, and whatnot uh, is a lot of work. So right and
6: And the water, you know the water system too
0: mm-hmm.
6: um, it may seem rudimentary when you see twelve people in this long conga line walking <laughs> out of the garden, supporting the entire hose system or the base hose system on their shoulders to tuck it away for the winter. It seems to be a very primitive way, but it works, and then we have to do the reverse in the spring, take it out, and lay it back in the garden, as you say there there are core people that know the system and just show up. Um, we have, you know, Bill Hoffman, who was on the original committee,
7: mm-hmm.
6: still shows up if he can. His work right now takes him out of state quite a lot. If he can, he'll be there every single spring to lay out the plots and to help with the water system. And I think one of one of the maybe one of the big challenges is to continually get new younger people involved with the steering committee because um, we need that turnover and we need the Continuation of support. And we have fabulous renters of all ages in the garden. But typically, people on the steering committee tend to be um, almost retirees or retirees because. Where the people who have the time to put into it.
0: It was it was definitely a demanding job when I was on the steering committee. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think you hit the nail on the head, correct, Joy. You you as as any organization getting young blood to work up through the system and eventually sit on the steering committee. And you know, I think. From my perspective, getting some of those gardeners that become passionate and involved in the garden, getting them to that steering committee level over time only makes it better and better, um, right. and, and continuing and that new blood.
6: What I think what we see also is that um, we don't have a lot of meetings. Where one of the wonderful organizations that I've been involved in that doesn't sit around and, and do most of the time behind a, a table, so... Most of our, you know, many of our meetings, once the season gets going, our short meetings up at the garden. So it's a very hands-on thing. And I understand because when I was, you know, raising children, and, you know, none of us has time to make a huge commitment. There are some of us who are up there, you know, every single week, twice Mm. a week, for the community work, and probably every day otherwise. But um, if young people are juggling family, nobody expects them to take on too much but if we can isolate different jobs and different involvements that aren't overwhelming to anybody, then I think a lot more, a very wide base of the renters and community members get a sense of ownership in the garden, and that will really help to support it as yeah. we go forward.
0: You can't, you can't ask more than people can give. No. You know, or it won't be successful. I agree with that 100%. Joy, at this point, I want to talk a little bit about Norm Steele. Um, you know, I got to know Norm at the end of my kind of tenure on the on the Yarmouth Community Garden Steering Committee. And uh, he was known for his onions in the garden. Uh, just a fabulous man. Tell me a little bit about him and, and uh, a huge hole that is missing in the garden community.
6: Oh, he um, he absolutely, he was Incredible. I, I can't say enough and we are all devastated by his loss and but we know how much that we have gotten from him and a passion and a dedication that we we all appreciate and we all take with us and say, Well, this is how Norm would do it. When he was a man of incredible knowledge, incredible mm-hmm. wisdom. Uh, I mean knowledge about the garden but wisdom about life. He had this sense I I would say just a sense of inner grace. He was totally happy doing what he did. Um, And right up until the end, he was, whenever he could, you know, he got out of his house with the help of his family and he went to his daughters and he worked on starting seedlings. He planted, he started this year's crops. He knew full well that he wasn't going to make it. Mm. But he did what he could. Um, I learned... So much from him. I I really, I think I got on the steering committee just about when he did, and I attribute so much of my knowledge from him. Um, He was generous beyond what you could imagine um, with the time, and he had a, a sense of serenity about everything he did and patience. He would come up to the garden in the springtime and work just quietly and meticulously preparing beds in the community plot. He just would take the time so everything was perfectly ready. And I think he was a great example of, you know, paying it forward because if yeah. you do it right in the early spring, it'll last to, you know, to cut down on your weeds, to cut down on what you need to do later, to make sure that your soil is really ready. He, would, um, he told us about how he would start um, his seeds in the cold of winter, he would sit and be watching his favorite TV programs, and he would make his own seed tape. Mm-hmm. Would moisten paper towels, and I think he use gelatin. Right. And carefully, one by one, base out carrots on the seed on on the paper towels.
0: That's meticulous work. And
6: get this <laughs> ready, so that in the spring, when he planted, he would lay down his own homegrown biodegradable seed tape, and be all set to go. He would make his own um, newspaper peat pots, carefully labeled. And it was just, Norm's presence in the garden will never, never die. Because here we were the other day working away on a random afternoon, and Amy showed up with a whole bunch of seedlings that Norm's daughter said Norm wanted the garden to have. And here are Norm's peat pots and all of this carefully labeled. And so... Wow. There are his plants growing now. And yeah. his, his onions, you're right, were, were his favorite crop, I think. And he taught me about how to put in your onions so you really don't have to weed. And right. he definitely had advice on what were the best keeping onions. And this past year, he ordered, I think, over 600 onions from a place. And he, he said always that onion seedlings. Would be better keepers than onion sets, and
7: right. Um, but
6: that some are good to grow for immediate use, and this and that. So, um, so Norm's onions are growing in the garden now, and we had uh, we made a special plaque that will be there for years. And um,
0: yeah, he's just, he just was an amazing person. Uh, you know, m- my memories of Norm were that he listened. He, he stopped and listened to everyone and took in what they said and then gently gave his recommendation back.
6: You're right. I think there was this gentle approach and his patience. I, I really learned a sense of patience with gardening, the equanimity. If something fails, things do fail. Yeah. And every year, and I, I've told people that I think the reason that the garden is such a wonderful place is that you can't be a gardener if you're not optimistic things fail. Yeah. You get really disappointing things that happen in the course of any season. And yet every winter those seed catalogs come and it's exciting and you start again and
0: it's a new and that beginning. Was the
6: norm. You know, no matter yeah. what happened, you know, that's part of it and you learn to live with that and that's a life's lesson and you keep going and you start again the next year. And so you're surrounded by all of these optimists some people would say we're fools but, but we're um and you start again and you keep going and you lose your tomatoes and you think, Okay, well maybe it'll be a great year for winter squash. Um but right. he was he was a great teacher and I know the very first season I gardened up there I found something unusual crawling on one of my leaves and I asked around, Oh, what is this? and somebody said, Well, Norm will know and I didn't know who Norm was at the right. time. And sure enough, he came over and looked at it and thought about it. And he said, Well, this is what I think it is. And don't worry about it, it won't hurt. Right. Um, so he was. He was a great teacher. And he had a great sense of humor, too. There was often a twinkle in his eye mm-hmm. and, and uh, a wonderful sense of humor under the
0: surface yeah and Norm he had a five acre garden on his own on top of the Yarmouth Community Garden donated over 12,000 pounds to Plant a Row was probably one of the largest if not the largest Plant a Row person uh, by far with the Cumberland County Extension Office Mm -hmm. just an amazing person Um, I can't say enough rest in peace Norm Joy I'd like to thank you for coming on talking about Norm informing us about the Yarmouth Community Garden Um, you know please visit their website. You know, it's a great place to, you know, see what's going on there, but more than anything, Joy, they need to go see the garden, correct?
6: Yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be, and the birds are fantastic. We have birds that come back every year, including a family of bluebirds.
0: There you go. So, Joy Ernst, thank you so much. I appreciate, uh, hope I can have you on again sometime in the near future, maybe around harvest time, and uh, we'll be talking with you soon. Thank you very much, Tom. All right. Uh, Joy Aarons with the Yarmouth Community Garden. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
5: Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casillas Organics mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made to Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earth Life NutriMulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CasellaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you.
1: Summer is here, and it's time to celebrate with cookouts, parties, and get-togethers. Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk is kicking off the season with a summer celebration event to help make your home look its very best. All trees, shrubs, roses, perennials, and ground covers are now 20% off through July 7th. Beautiful plants at a fraction of the price? Now that's something to celebrate. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. When it comes to a stylish home, your garden is the ultimate accessory. There's no better way to dress it up this season than with Hort Couture Tropicals and Annuals from Estabrooks. These chic and stylish selections are brand new this year and offer exotic blooms and foliage that have never been seen before in Maine gardens. A fun and fashionable garden is just moments away with Hort Couture. Now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening.
0: Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening. Uh, I'm Tom Estabrook, and what a great interview that was, Joy uh from the Yarmouth Community Garden. Just a wealth of information, you know. Norm Steele, just you know, a just gentle, soft, wonderful, hardworking man that has given back so much. He's an example of you know, all that we all should be, um, you know, and Joy made it right, you know, if you are someone who has spare time, you know, and can give back to your community, um, you know, a community garden is just something that will give you back time and time and time again. Another Saturday morning, we're going to be wrapping up here pretty quick. Um, You know, gardening is, you're going to have failures. And Joy hit it on, on the head that every gardener knows that nothing is going to go proper. Um, every grower, like myself or my brother or whatnot, we were talking about this yesterday. Every growing season, there are problems. There are, you know, our New Guinea impatient hanging baskets this year, we lost the whole crop. You know, three or four hundred hanging baskets Our four inch, look great. But there's always one thing. That doesn't go the way you planned or two or three mother nature keeps throwing us some curveballs and you know out there you know if you have a question don't hesitate to call we can take probably one question here 775 1310 or 877-393-8255 enter in to win a $100 gift certificate Uh, we're going to be running this for four weeks No calls today, so no one is in to win yet. So, um, you know, the odds are getting better, folks. But what I want to talk about is you're going to have failures. Not all plants are living things. It's unfortunate, but sometimes they just don't make it. And I've always attributed it to life, you know, that you just kind of, you know, they're living things. And we don't have all the answers. Don't think you have have to have all the answers we try to give you the best knowledge the best tools to try to ward off some of these problems but it's a tough world out there i'm just like life um you know certainly you know you'd make the best with what you have so if norm was a prime example of if you do the tough work up front if you prepare your soil if you make sure the weeds are down If you don't cut corners, you're much, much more successful. And that was one of the big things I had always taken away was when he was doing his onion sets, this bed was the most meticulous planting bed I have ever seen in my entire life. Completely level. Newspaper around every single plant covered with soil or mulch. Um, The weeds were, there wasn't a weed. The little heads of the onion sets were poking out and showing their glory. And the bed looked like a a piece of artwork. Now, not all of us can take all of that time. But doing the tough work up front makes a world of difference. And Norm was a steward of that tough work. Hearing Joy talk about the seed tape. And hearing Joy talk about him transplanting seedlings, you know, sitting watching his favorite shows and doing all of these things. And Joy is right. When those catalogs start to arrive, when, you know, winter is got six or eight or 10 or 12 or two feet of snow out there and, you know, you start getting these things in the mail, that planning at that time pays off in the end. And not everybody can do all that. Not all of us have the time, you know, and everyone can garden. It's important that everyone can garden in some way, shape, or form. Everybody can help their neighbor. And Norm was a steward of both. He really put his time and effort into helping others, but at the same time feeding his passion. If you're a gardener, get involved in a community garden, even if it's not in your community. Get out there. Find one. There's some great ones in Kennebunk, Portland. Scarborough has one. Cape Elizabeth, I believe, has one. Freeport. Sounds like Brunswick's got a good one going. Of course, the hometown, Yarmouth, is near and dear to my heart. If you can't, don't hesitate to donate to these groups. They do a tremendous amount of work. They always need donations. Um, you know, it's not, if you don't have a good place to garden... Get involved. Rent a plot. Many of these have wait lists, so you have to go ahead and get organized, okay? It sounds like the Yarmouth plots are completely rented. Maybe Brunswick has one. Freeport has one that's available. Check around. It's not too late, obviously. I haven't even tilled my garden, so it's not too late. If you can't rent a plot, get out there. Help your community garden maybe buy a few plants and donate them i would always check with a community garden money is always better than buying them plants because you don't know what their plan is they may already have seedlings grown they may have a plan of how things are spaced they should have a plan i would assume and the yarmouth community garden always had a wonderful plan it's going to be a great saturday The s- the rain is moving out the sun is going to shine tomorrow Get out there in the nursery, buy some beautiful plants, and be ready to go tomorrow morning and enjoy your garden.
5: W-L-O-B, W-L-O-B. W-L-O-B, Portland and Fox News Radio. I'm Chris Foster.